challenge, persist, adapt, and transcend. These are four words which are up on the wall in huge letters down at Charge CrossFit. Charge is a CrossFit gym in Northcote, down near Melbourne, is run by Ash and Renee. And today on the podcast, I have Ash for a great conversation. Of course, we talk about training and CrossFit and movement and exercise, but we also talk about this concept of persistence, of challenging, adaption, and then transcending and overcoming the challenge. And specifically in the context of what it takes to start a business, what it takes to grow a business. And we cover some really cool ground and it was a great opportunity for me to learn more around Ash's story prior to when he set up Charge. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I loved it. And if you're someone who has a passion, has an idea, has something that you want to develop, has that itch that needs to be scratched, and you're interested in creating a business, creating something on the side or growing this thing, then there's some real gold in here. Listen to it a couple of times even. That's it from me. This is John Marsh. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. So uh, I've got Ash here. Ash, a good friend from down in Melbourne, uh, Charge CrossFit in Northcote. And today I'm really excited to get Ash on the call or on the episode because uh, he's got a thriving business down there for one and I'm really interested in that. And also uh, Ash started this business coming from a completely different career, which resonates with my story a little bit and something that I've done a couple of times as well. And a lot of people I talk to, this is a really interesting domain because there's a lot of challenges that we come up, but then obviously a lot of rewards as well. So maybe Ash, just kick off with uh, giving us a bit of your background around what you and Renee are up to now down there with Charge and what's kind of life like for you guys at the moment. Hey, John. Okay. Um, well, I own and run Charge CrossFit, which is a CrossFit facility in Northcote in Melbourne, in Victoria. Um, essentially, we have around 200 members. Um, we're open six days a week. We've got over 30 classes a week. We run classes. We run PT. Um, we're quite busy in a really good way. Um, what it looks like for me during the week, is that what you were talking about? Yeah, that sounds great. I still coach classes. I still coach people one-on-one. I really enjoy that aspect of the job where I do notice a lot of owners, they move out of that and they just do the operations, which I do do a part of the operations as well because there's a lot of that. Um, But staying connected to actually coaching people is one reason why I really enjoy this business. Um, Really, like it's it's an action-packed job when you own your own business. There's always something to do. There's no real, no one to tell you to stop. So you could just work 24-7 and I've done that before and that didn't lead to good things. You've got to set up your own parameters. Um, but look, I really enjoy what I do and I'm lucky to have found this. How long have you been open there at Charge? We've been open over seven years now. Yeah. So, um, 
in May, June, we celebrated our seventh birthday. Nice. So uh, I've seen some of the videos and some of the clips when you guys have the big community events and stuff and the place is cranking and it's, a, it's, an, awesome, uh, it's an awesome vibe and even when I've been in the space to train, it's a really cool setup as well. Let's go. I'm really interested to find out a little bit more about your story before, uh, maybe a little bit of your upbringing and kind of maybe even uh, explore what you feel like may have set this journey in action because we chatted about it a little bit like when we've trained and, you know, talked about things like posture and kind of, um, you know, looking at ways to sort of reverse some of the stuff from say an office lifestyle, that kind of thing. Maybe mm-hmm. just run us through like your upbringing a little bit, um, where you're from and, and kind of a bit of context into how this all came about. Okay. This is the big story. Okay. So look, I, I grew up in research in Melbourne which is essentially Eltham, or if anyone's heard of Greensboro, it's near there. It's just a small little suburb. Um, I had a really good upbringing. I'm very lucky. Um, very supportive parents. that support anything that I was pretty much into, even if they didn't fully believe in it. Um, I'd say, look, I grew up, I went to a private school, actually, which, which is a positive and a negative, I think. It was an all-boys school, actually. Which would have been, um, which was an interesting thing to do. Um, I played sports all year round, just different sports. I never really specialised. I just play whatever was around and just have fun, just doing different things. Um, I think that's definitely something that always appealed to me about CrossFit, just the variety. Um, there's just so many things to work on with the body, and it really appeals to me that I can start doing that with this avenue. So I'll back to school. Um, I never really knew what I wanted to do. Like I would say things, maybe like being an architect or whatever, just then and sort of fancy, I guess. I like drawing as well, I guess. Um, but if you asked me 20 years ago, like, are you going to own a gym? I would have laughed at you. Like, there's no chance that that was in my future if I was going to say it at that stage. Um, I've always liked helping people. Um, I got into music heavily near the end of school. I've been in bands ever since then. So like being in bands for, I don't know, over 24 years, been playing guitar and singing and just having a lot of fun with that. I guess my goal was to actually definitely make it as a famous musician. I just ticked that off, Um, which sadly is not the easiest thing to do in the world. Um, So, but I was focused on music and then I had an office job that went alongside this. So, um, I worked in a transcription office, which is what, what that is essentially is we record what happens in court and it gets all typed up. So it's a legal document. Um, and that can be like a really full on job or it can be like, you know, you go all the different, all the different courts. I've got different topics and some of them are full on murder, um, and worse. Um, and then we've got like business cases where it's just, like three-year case about people just arguing and just spending money on lawyers for a long time. And um, I'd be in charge of, look, I started off actually at the very lowest rung of that business where we actually, we ran the tapes back and forth up and down the street. Mm. So if someone have a tape recorder in court, they'd, tape, they'd take like 20-minute tapes, 
and they'd give it to me. I was the runner and I'd run down the street and give it to some people, start typing up and I'd just like bit by bit um, put together this transcript. Wow. I eventually, we're, talking, we're talking like cassette tapes then, huh? Cassette tapes. Yeah. So, look, um, it's two things. I'm not like the youngest person in the room. I'm 40 now, but they just were very behind the times in technology at that stage as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I helped with the change, the digital in that business, and then I became an office manager. Um, so I got all these responsibilities and I had to learn how to hire people, maybe how to fire people, how to run a business, like parts of the business anyway, um, which was really, really beneficial. So I had this, I had quite a good job, you would say, but it just wasn't ticking the boxes for me because I was essentially working at least 10 hours a day from memory. And um, can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah, cool. So I was working a good 10 hours a day and I just really was losing myself. Um, my week would be just working and then on the weekend, I guess I'd be drinking with friends, going out, eating junk food, having a hangover on the Sunday, then just repeating that. Were you playing music at that time? I was playing music, yes. That was a, that was a big focus for me. That was the thing that actually kept me going. It was like a creative outlet. Can you, can you talk a little, and you don't have to, yes. but this resonates with me a little bit, 2008, when I was in kind of the last role in engineering, <clears throat> a little bit, this kind of feeling. Um, but can you talk a little bit about what that feel, what you, what you mean there, this concept of losing yourself, or just dive into a little bit of maybe some of what, what that felt like, what the, um, that, that feeling to be in something that you thought might not have been right for you or whatever that conflict that was popping up, what that felt like in the mind or anything to say on that going a little deeper? Or? Yeah, definitely. So I, th- I feel like I was caught in an endless loop and the only time I'd ever realize it would be maybe if I went on a holiday and I'd realize how stressed I was or like how like essentially gray I was. I was just inside an office all day. Um, just working on a computer hunched over a desk, um, sitting with really bad posture, just getting tight. And I, and I just wasn't even moving my body. Like I didn't do play any sport during that period because it was really just work. And it, it becomes it's this work loop. Um, it took me a while to fully realize it because I was, you get paid more every year. So I was starting to notice that I was getting locked in that if you start getting to a certain salary, it'd be hard to change anything because you, you get used to that lifestyle that you're living or that amount of money. So I was just recognizing that every year I was getting paid more, I was getting promoted, but I wasn't really sure why I was turning up to work every day apart from just to do what I was, was expected of me, which I could do well. So you're getting the four, like four weeks a year holiday as well, so just enough to kind of like ease it for a bit and then you come back into the grind kind of thing? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, but what I recognized was I'm just not really sure why I'm doing this. My heart's not in it. And um, I believe you can get more out of life. The only tricky thing is, is I didn't know anything else that I wanted to do. Mm. Um, so 
what I actually did at that stage, I was um, I was feeling brave, and I thought, look, I've got to do this now, or I'm going to get stuck in this forever. Um, I just I found a job that had no responsibility or very low responsibilities. Um, like I actually applied to like be like a postie. I'm not saying that that job's got no responsibilities, but it's you know it's not as stress free as running an office. Um, I applied to be a postie. I applied to all those sort of jobs, but then I ended up actually putting advertisement advertising up in bus stops and like tram shelters and stuff. Yeah. And um, that actually meant I was cleaning them as well. So I was, I was running around, driving around in this little car, um, cleaning, you know, cleaning the advertising and, and putting up movie posters and, and whatever else. And I'll do that like five days a week. But what that actually did for me is it gave me some brain space again because I didn't really need to. I wasn't stressed doing that. I would just drive around on this route and it was mm. easy. It was a funny thing to do to go from being um, an office manager to being a cleaner. Now, my parents did think that was a bit of a weird thing to do. Um, but as I said, it gave me some space to actually work out what I wanted to do and try and find myself again. So I started to work out. How, how, just quickly, how old were you at this stage? Well, actually, I, I'm pretty sure I was something like 27. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been going at that office job for quite a while. And, um, yeah, I needed to make that change before I felt like I was, like, really old <laughs> coming from that perspective. So I was something like 27 years old, just wanted to just find whatever else there was out there, and I wanted to get my body back. I wanted to feel like I owned myself again. So I started going to the gym. I actually went to the gym and I really didn't like the gym. Um, gyms were different back then. They still exist the same way as they were, but there, was, uh, there wasn't many functional places at yeah. that stage. Things have changed dramatically um, since then. Um, but I just I went to these gyms, didn't really feel like I fit in because I didn't really enjoy like, the bodybuilding aspect of, of working out. And people just going to the gym just to get bigger muscles and for aesthetics. So I bought my own equipment, tried to work out what to do at home. And then I found a personal trainer that um, taught me how to use some of that equipment and not do uh, really strange things, which I was doing. Um, it was just being creative, I guess. So I just started working out. And then I realized like how much I love the feeling of just, yeah, owning my body. I'd get my family and friends to come over and I'd start training them. Yeah. Just like get in to, to, to join in with my workout essentially. Yeah, yeah. And then I realized like it was at this stage, I was actually starting to teach people music, like bass and guitar lessons. And I, like I, as I said before, I'm pretty sure I enjoy helping people. Like that's, um, that's a passion of mine. I've always like realized and recognized that I enjoy that. So I was starting to help people learn music. Were you, were you, were you, was this paid? Were you charging? Yeah, this is yeah. paid. So like music lessons? Yeah, it was music lessons. Yeah. yeah. Run out of my house. I was starting to do that. And um, I, I enjoyed that. But then I realized that I need to learn more about this exercise thing. I need to know more about what I could do for myself at the least. But I do enjoy like helping out my friends. So I did my certificate three and four. Um. 
in like personal training. And then I, I just, I started working at a gym once I, once I passed that. And I realized how much I got out of it as well, training mm. other people. Like for starters, I needed to look after myself um, to, in order to learn and to know how to train other people, which is um, a really powerful thing. It's a great thing about being a trainer, I think, um, leading by example. But then I, I got the same buzz out of teaching people music, but maybe even at a higher level where I got to try and, try and help people change their lives through them getting their body back. And, um, and I fully understood how they were feeling because I was yeah. so inflexible and just hunched over and just felt horrible coming from that office lifestyle. And had you, had you already started to understand, so not just training, training, but you, you'd understand some kind of like you were seeing some shifts in that um, posture, that tension already. So you were seeing everything free up and, and kind of enjoying that side of it at this stage. Yes, definitely. But that was early on though. Like I was definitely making changes and I'm feeling a lot better. Yeah. Um, And that was very important. And and then I just saw like a new avenue for me to actually pursue that something that I actually really enjoyed to do, to get up each morning and enjoy spending time with those people and try and help them. That's when I became a trainer. Yeah, cool. And were you in a relationship at this point? Had you met Renee or? I'd met Renee at this point. And um, that was one of the big changes for me, actually, because we really supported each other a lot. And look, she actually helped me feel brave enough to just quit that job Mm. and just throw myself out there and see what happened. She was a big part of that. That was important. Yeah, that's cool. So when did you then go, okay, um, <clears throat> I guess how long did this sort of period where you were working at the gym, training people, and then, you know, this kernel of the idea for setting up your own place and doing something a little bit bigger, how did that unfold? Yeah, okay. So the way that worked, I was, I was training people out of um, Salaperson's studio, a really nice little studio um, for a good couple of years. Um, I'm not even sure really, maybe two to three years. Um, I was just learning more and more. I was learning from anyone that I could find to teach me new things. I'd be using the internet as much as possible. And then I found out about this thing called CrossFit. And I was warned off it by a lot of people actually because it was said to be this thing that injures people. Um, Yeah, and they don't know how to use technique and it's just, it had a bad rap. It probably still does, but it had a pretty bad rap at that stage. But I really do believe a lot of people were just trying to, they were a bit threatened. They thought they were threatened by like what CrossFit meant to their business. They thought they'd lose their business because there's this new exciting thing. But my experience with CrossFit, um, which was really powerful for me, was that they were actually the first people to teach me a lot of functional exercises with the best technique. Mm. I thought I knew how how to squat and deadlift, but I didn't at all. So going through the level one course and then also getting a trainer um, that could teach me that stuff was um, really empowering to me because it just um, it opened up a whole new world of training. Um, I had like a semi-functional way of training before then. As I said, like as I said before, gyms were a bit different. Like I was using machines before yeah, prior yeah, to yeah. that. Yeah, definitely a lot of machines and look, you know, free weights as well. But it was more about 
you know, bench press and the shoulder press and using machines. I'd, I'd run and I'd do other things, but then I'd also would run on the treadmill. Yeah. Like um, that wasn't um, a silly thing in my eyes anyway at that stage. I'd, I'd way prefer to run outside there, but I'd be doing all these things inside and on machines. And then through CrossFit, it just opened my eyes up to how things can be different and how, look, you can even focus on, on pop posture the whole way through doing functional movements. Mm. Um, so, look, I was learning these new things and the more and more I was learning, the less I felt like I, re- I truly belonged in that gym anymore. Yeah. Because I was just going down a different path and I was pretty much booked out as a personal trainer. Like yeah. I had, didn't have much time in my roster. Um, so I was starting to make groups out of my, out of my little members Cool. And so like they'd come out as a single person doing personal training and then I'd make them into a group of two or three. Um, and, and what I recognized was like it was more fun for them. Yeah. I actually enjoyed it more too because it was personal training back then for me was actually like putting people through a session and yeah. it was less about like real individual things. I learned that later yeah. where I do personal training now, but it's more about individual mobility programs or working on skills. Yeah. And less about just training, if you know what I mean, like doing a CrossFit class for that hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd be training all these people and I, I recognized that um, the people that could afford to see me three times a week versus the people that could afford to see me one time a week, it was, a, it was actually a big gap opening up in like how much they were actually progressing, how much healthier they were getting. Yeah. And – um. Really, I wanted that for everyone. Like to do three personal training sessions per week, that's not really available for a lot of people to mm. be able to afford that. One is possible, but then if that's all you're doing, how much are you really changing? So I really what I wanted to do is have all these um, my PT clients, bring them to my own gym where I can set it up exactly how I wanted to with my own philosophy and methodology with obviously based on CrossFit. And then they could come five days a week and train with me and I could really help change their lives. And that was really the impetus of charge, charge CrossFit yeah. opening. Awesome. A couple of things I want to just find out. One, where was, so what roughly, what year are we talking in just to give some context of where CrossFit was at at this point? Well, if it's seven when years I found now, CrossFit, huh? it was something like 2010. Yeah. Um, I did my level one probably about, I don't know, a few months into finding out about it because I wanted to learn more. And then I opened Charge in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So when that realization that you want to train groups of people, have a space that they could come, build kind of that concept of community, have more frequency and more exposure to you and to to the movement and the training, how long before the next, because that's another big trigger to pull going from first you have the leaving the job, but then you've got, you're in this new space and there's like another chasm that's about to get crossed once you sign a lease, right? Yes, definitely. You know, it's kind of scary. So what, talk us through, I just think it's super interesting because the, the emotional in hindsight, like when you're in it, it's one thing, but then to be able to talk about it because for a lot of people, this is w- either where they are or where they might see themselves um, soon. It can be debilitating. 
and it can be liberating at the same time, mm. you know, depending on how we frame it. How long did that take? Like, what was your process be like? And, and was that space that you guys have now the first one you opened? No. Okay. So I talk us up, through um, it. Yeah. Talk us through it a bit. We had a smaller gym at the start. Um, okay. So it was scary opening the gym for sure. Um, but with things I really believe in, I just, I put all my energy into it, all the positivity I can. And, and you could say I almost manifested into having to work. Like, um, it just can't fail. That's how I feel about it. So I wasn't really scared, but it's obviously, yeah, okay, I'm signing up for this three-year lease or whatever it is, three by three years, I believe it was at the start. Um, yeah. It is scary, but I just didn't think it was going to fail. Yeah. So I knew I was just going to put everything into it, but I knew that I'd have to work very hard in order for that to happen. It wasn't just a giving. Um, like all the money that I invested in it at the start, it was, it's scary to think you could have lost that. Um, but there were some actual really scary times um, during the whole first few years of, the, of running the business where I had to really change up everything. Um, like we nearly did close at one stage because, I mean, like definitely I, I was putting a lot of my effort into learning how to be a really good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and just coaching people, but my effort wasn't put into knowing enough about running a business. And you definitely need to know both. Yeah, you're going to be running that business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Specifically, like, what do you mean in terms of running the business? Was it just that you weren't seeing the clients you needed to keep going, or what do you mean by that? Was it a bit of everything, or what's anything specifically? Yeah, look, the back end of the business. Yeah the administration just was not set up in, in a really efficient way. It was just basically running by the seat of its pants. And um, we actually had quite a lot of members at the start. Like it was had a really awesome feel to it, a really nice buzz, a lot of people coming in and out. But it wasn't transferring into it being like as profitable as it needs to be to like to survive. And it was just – I pretty much saw it as being really – um, like successful before it was yeah. in my head. I needed to look into a lot of other things, um, which I learned longer on down the track. And I, ha- I, was, I had to learn more about actually how to run a business and then eventually how to actually run a team. Mm. Um, so then I, I, I realized also I couldn't do every single aspect on my own. Um, I, I did have a business partner at that stage we opened up the gym together, but that didn't work out. And um, then I realized like what went right, what went wrong there and um, just some changes to make. So we actually changed location. Um, we got a, a bigger gym. Just for, Truly, we, we only moved. Like we could have survived in the smaller place, but it did feel like we were at the limit of growth. Um, and then just down the road, like within a kilometer, a place – I just happened to look on the market. Uh, the place came with an outside area up for mm. lease. And that was just super rare to be able to have like an inside and an outside gym together. And I just couldn't give up the opportunity. So I just gambled on that. And we moved to a bigger place and just set it up in a really nice fashion with everything 
like we had a homemade rig in the yeah. original place, you know, pull up bars and all that, which is okay. We invested more money in getting some things in, in like making it proper as far as I'm concerned, but having an outside area an inside area and a bigger space for people to be able to do things. Um, that, that was the second location of charge, which happened like two years in to the business essentially. Yeah, cool. So the charge, charge seven years, including original space and then five years in new space. Is that? Yes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what do you think, how, how do you, what kind of words did you use to describe that shift from going? Cause it's pretty common, like kind of having this passion business. So you're like a trainer or you open mm. up a little space or whatever, kind of, I call it like a, the switch from a passion business owner to a passionate business owner where you're still doing your passion, but you're also understanding this, Oh shit, I gotta like learn about the back end. I need to learn about, you know, communication with my staff and sales and marketing, whatever else is going on. Yeah. Like talk to us a little bit about that kind of jolt that, um, what did you do? You said you got people around you. Um, how did you realize what, what you didn't know and what you were missing and anything else that comes into mind? And, and also was Renee involved with the gym at the beginning? Renee wasn't involved with the gym at the beginning. No, she had um, her own full-time job. Um, she was a big part of it. I mean, we all painted the place together. Um, yeah. And, and decided on a lot of things. But, um, no, she was a, actually able to come and be a member. I was training her at that stage, and, and she got to enjoy that part of it for the first year or two. Um, but then it just made sense to bring her on board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just so many aspects. You need to share them around, and it made sense to keep that in the family at that stage. Yeah. And did that help a lot business-wise as well? It did help a lot, yes. We wouldn't be where we are at without her help yeah, and our, and our um, partnership with that for sure. Um, but it does bring up its own challenges itself too when, um, you know, both partners uh, live and work in the same business. Mm. Sort of becomes your life as well. But that's another topic, I guess. Um, so when did I learn about what I needed to oh, look about learning more about business and being becoming a passionate Business yeah. Idea, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, like was it a shift from pain? We're like, oh shit, this isn't going to work if I don't figure this out pronto, or was it something else? Like, how did that kind of unfold? Because that's a pretty, that's again, a like a big pivot to go in maturity. You know, to go from just focusing on the craft to focusing on the craft and also the other things that support it. You know. Yeah, definitely. Well, it was. Yeah, it had to happen in my eyes. Um, there's definitely some pain. We we just weren't going really great as a business. Um, just the back end, as I said before, just wasn't there. Mm. Um, there's just so many things that you need to actually have in the back end. You've got to have – also, you have a good accountant. You've got to know who is a good accountant, um, who's doing the sales, who's doing the marketing. What if people aren't just happening to walk in the door of the gym? How do you get them in the door? Um, all these things really mattered and there was, there was just a point there where essentially I would probably have had to have given up on running that gym or I have to do it a thousand percent. I've got to know all the other different aspects or at least get other people around that I can trust that can help me with that. Um, yeah, so we, we 
at this point in time, I was interested in trying to learn from anyone. Um, I was actually getting burnt out. I was at quite a low, Mm. like in my life. I was just trying to do everything and then not doing anything really well. Mm. You know, like trying to multitask everything. My training was going down because I was a bit injured and that was starting to affect everything. So I just, I realized I'm just going to make changes here. So I, I found like a coach to train me physically, um, but mental is also a huge part of any physical training. But then I also, we found a business mentor, which, which was Drew, and um, that's how we met. Um, so I found someone to teach me all the different aspects of running this business better. Yeah. So I wanted to learn more and more about training. I also wanted to learn more about actually running this business. Um, someone to bounce ideas off that wasn't actually in our team. Mm. Um, so we learn about sales and marketing, which I thought was quite a dirty word at one stage, but really it's just so imperative. And you do it in your own way. That's not fake. We're not selling anything that I don't believe in, so it's actually yeah. easy to sell. I truly believe in what we do. Um, so it was that or really I think close it up because I'm, I just can't do things in halves. Mm. I've got to really believe in what I'm doing and think it's the best job I can possibly do at that point. With the knowledge that I'm going to learn more and more all the time and want to make changes, that's got to be really good to keep it going. Does that answer your question? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, let's go to something you touched on there. I just want to kind of pick it back up because I think it's probably the next like really important thing perhaps would, or another big, really important thing is this concept of boundaries you touched on at the beginning. There's, you could work 24 yeah. seven. You have, you know, you mentioned it in the context of relationship, but really it's, you know, it's our relationship to, to everything as well, whether it's the person close to us, we share our life with, or a relationship with nature or with ourselves. Um, Talk a little bit about boundaries because I know you train a lot. You, you know, um, we've had some great sessions. You get to enjoy now the thing that you love for yourself and working with others and helping them and growing the business and your relationships. Mm. And that's not an easy thing at all, right? That's possibly maybe one of the hardest things with owning the business is, is creating balance but managing to kind of to keep going and, and sustain that. Talk about how you went from that low point where you're doing everything to how you now look at this, you know, seven years into this business um, to, man- to manage to do that and to enjoy it, you know, to, to really get into it and, and live it. Yeah, okay. Well, one thing that really stood out to me and I realized was that my health has to be number one. Mm. And it can seem like a selfish thing to say. But if I lose my health, I can't do the other things. Um, so I really put a focus into me training, um, which has a flow-on effect to everything. So if I train better, if I learn more about training and I learn how to train myself better or at least do the work, then I can help train other people better, which is the currency of the business. That's what we're selling, um, like health and fitness. So I, I made sure that 
even though there's a lot of work to do in the back end, there's a lot of sales and marketing to do, to do, I never put that ahead of me training. And training can mean different things. That could be me like essentially meditating. It doesn't always have to be um, a strength workout or conditioning or whatever else. It's just giving that time for my body and recognizing what I need and trying to get better at that. So put, putting myself first. So it doesn't mean I train all day. I don't. I definitely don't. But I just I do enough for me to keep on being healthy and learning more and more. So that was number one. And number two, uh, making sure that I think a really important thing about running this business and keeping everything ticking along is um, my relationship with my staff and continuing to train them and, and to help them become better and better trainers. So like their continued education um, is super important for keeping this whole thing running. We want the best trainers possible and, and I hire people that care about learning more and more and they're not fixed. They don't think that they've learned enough about anything mm. because that's, that's wrong as far as I'm concerned. There's always something to learn. Sadly, you've never learned enough and if I ever think I have, I guess that's probably the time I'll get out of this business. Because mm. um, it's not right. So, training myself and making sure I'm healthy and leading the way, super important. Um, leading my staff and making sure that they're continually improving is very important. Um, then, off the side, there, like me and Renee, we run this business together. This is a continual thing that we need to work on, but we need to have time for each other that actually isn't to do with the business. Mm. Um, not always easy to do. In all honesty, um, mm. a lot of the time, one of us wants to talk about something that happened at the gym or happened online or whatever else. Because, um, like, it is a passion of ours, um, fitness and CrossFit. Um, yeah, yeah. But we do have to recognize how to maybe tell the other person, you know, it's not the time to talk about that now without getting into a fight um, or, and just have time away from that. Yeah, and so it's a constant battle to do that, honestly, because it's just you get you fall into traps all the time. Yeah, but yeah, we that's what we're really trying to do um, to run the business, but also have our own relationship too, separate yeah. from that. And um, yeah, we're doing pretty good with that. Um, so then, just really juggling all the different parts. Um, you definitely have to I, – I treat running a business the same way as trying to get fit. Um, there's things that you're good at and you should never throw them out. You should enjoy being good at them and that's maybe your strengths. But your weaknesses, that's where you can get the most growth. So you have to learn more about those things that you can't do and, um, and try and increase that or at least get other people to help you with it so then you can have the whole picture. Yeah, I love that, and I love that you brought in the the um, kind of the challenges with the relationships as well. Because I found the same, you know, in, in the last two businesses, of retail and then the gym as well. It's like you come yeah. home and it's like here's someone to talk to about everything that happened, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not it's not not necessarily a bad thing. It can be nah. a great conversation, a great way to connect. And it's not the only thing too, but it's, it's hard, you know? Yes. Really hard. Um, so maybe just to kind of round out a little bit, you know, um, this, 
this is kind of this podcast is called access potential podcast and potential to me is a funny one because it's it's theoretical right it's potential it's not realized it's this concept of of learning and not you you don't get there and it's it's always just something to dance with in front of us and i'd love to find out your thoughts someone who's been uh, back to the the physical training but you mentioned the meditation as well just maybe it's through some of your 10 commandments that i've seen on the charge um social stuff that's come out or just some thoughts that you have around the training, the lifestyle, and this could be maybe important for, um, you know, some stuff for your crew as well. But what do you, what do you think about training now? What do you do for your movement? What do you do for your practice? You know, you mentioned the postural stuff earlier. What is, what does it look like for you and for the, the gym that you coach and maybe people listening could get some takeaways, um, for their own stuff as well, some places to start or some stuff to look in a little bit deeper as well? Well, one thing that comes to mind is that as a business owner, as a human, I think it's really important to keep learning. Um, it doesn't mean it has to be completely new things. It can be all the things that you're already interested in. I reckon if you delve a little deeper into it, there's new things there as well. So just have that spark about learning more and more about life and, that's what I've enjoyed. Look, I'm 40 now, which is a funny thing to say because I sort of feel like I was 20 just yesterday. Um, but those 20 years went really quick. Mm. But I have learned so much in that time. Um, that's the beauty of like what we do here on this, on this planet. We can keep on learning more and more. Mm. And I guess we're, in, like, we're really lucky to be in a state of privilege that we can, we can do that. Like, you know, we're not getting up each day just um, – fighting to survive essentially but we can live we can learn things each day we can go work on our bodies in a gym um, we don't have to go hunt down our own animals we're living this life we should take advantage of that and just keep learning and learning more and more so that can be you exercising just learning how you can feel better yeah um if you think you know everything about something you'd probably be rudely rudely shocked when you realize you don't um Okay, physically, one thing that I've noticed, and it's a pattern that's reoccurred over my whole life, especially fitness, is that you think you feel good, you think you feel fit, um, or your nutrition's on point, but then if you reach the next point, it actually feels completely different. There's another level, always. And um, don't just settle for what you're doing unless you are exactly ticking off everything you're doing. Like you are 100% happy with your life and you're not just like, deluding yourself um there's always more and that next level feels amazing and then you actually have a different perspective um so keep keep learning about these things and you can keep leveling up um surround yourself with people that can teach you these things find them out um but one thing i've also learned about that is um it's easy to just get into this mentality of just doing these little seminars. You know, you learn from someone for a day here and a day there, mm. you learn from a different person the next week. and then they, They're all valuable things and they can help you understand like the way of things, different perspectives. But I've, I've been finding it more beneficial to actually settle on, on some teachers. Um, they might have different subjects each. 
but really try and like squeeze that lemon and get everything out of it before you move on and get a different perspective. Um, because once you find someone that can be a really good teacher to you, like you should try and learn everything they can teach you. Mm. And generally it's not just one topic because they all understand things from the same perspective. Um, just the same as what we do in the gym at charge. Um, okay. You might walk in and your goal is fitness. So I want to increase my fitness. I want to get healthier. And then like your next goal is I want to get a pull up or I want to be able to clean and jerk a certain amount of weight. So you could go to different people to get these things in essentially like you could um, go to a a gymnast and go teach me how to do a pull up. Then you can get a weightlifting coach, teach me how to clean and jerk please. And then you can come to us because you think we're really good at cardio. I want to do cardio with you guys and I want to have my gymnastics coach here and a weightlifting coach there and then maybe I want to swim too so I have a swimming coach. But maybe you can find people and this is what we try to do as much as possible that will teach you gymnastics um, with the whole point of your health and fitness in mind, not just gymnastics. Mm. Or we'll realize that we want to get you better at the cleaning jerk but I'm actually going to teach you gymnastics in order to do that. Mm. So like have a perspective that's more open and and try and learn more and see the person from all different angles, not just a fixed specialist angle. Mm, sounds like um, a, almost humanizing, humanizing it a little bit, which could potentially change the way of teaching or change how it's taught or, or what you give them. Yes. Um, exercises are just tools, but they become dogma yeah. really easy. Like you think you just have to use this barbell to get better at this, but they don't realize that, um, that's just you falling in love with that toy. But even for getting better at it, it can be a totally different, you might need to approach it from a different angle, which you probably don't know about if you're not a professional trainer spending all your time trying to learn this. Mm. What do you do? You know, it sounds like this word, this concept, one of my friends talks about this concept of tension and the, the growth coming through tension, whether it's leaving the, the job, knowing deep down that it wasn't where you were supposed to be uh, or signing the lease on the first place where there's that bit of like heart rate flutter or doubling down on the business and getting the business mm-hmm. coach. There's these areas where the tension arises and we can walk away from it. And it sounds like you have this, this posture of kind of moving through it which is really cool. And it's reflected in how you're talking at the moment around learning and exposing yourself physically and finding the tension in your physical training and then using that not as a thing to shy away from and do more running on the treadmill because that's easy, but exploring it out or seeking someone who knows about it or or understanding it further to go through the tension the hard way how do you keep how how do you is this a is this a thing you've nurtured all of your life or and and if so how would you talk to someone else who maybe doesn't have that who just wants to who maybe finds themselves you know feeling like they're not motivated or feeling like they back away from that tension and that learning you know how, how do you address it and what would you say to others yeah that's a really interesting question it's um, kind of rare huh well, look, I know more about myself because I like to ask people about maybe how I show up 
because I can't always recognize it in myself. So I might ask like, Renee, um, do I do that? Or, you know, because I'm, I'm trying to be a bit more alert, a bit more aware. But one thing I definitely do know about myself, um, and this is from other people's perspective as well as me realizing, is that, look, I really, persistence is a word that can describe me. I don't like to give up, but I will if I, ha- if I should. But I, I really like to persist through things. And um, look, at our gym, this explains it completely. We've got these four words up in the wall, on the wall that I truly believe in. It's challenge, persist, adapt, transcend. So really, if you want to get anywhere, you have to challenge yourself. It's just like exercise. This is learning maths. This is learning how to ride a bike. You have to be challenged, but appropriately. If it's way too hard a challenge, then it's way too easy to give up or maybe you're actually missing the first steps. You're at step 10 instead of step one. But you challenge appropriately, but then the second step is the hardest step. It's persistence. Hmm. How, how do you feel in that tension like you described it? Can you, can you survive in that tension so then you can adapt and then transcend and move on to the next challenge? Um, I feel like I've always felt a lot of reward in sticking with the persistence so like i've i've like ticked off what i wanted like at one stage i don't know over 10 years ago i decided look i'm going to learn how to sing but the reason why i never sung before is because i was very very shy like i did not want to go on the microphone i'd play guitar and have my hair in my face and just get drunk and play a gig but i did not want to talk to people but then i just realized well i'm really holding myself back by having that that feeling like I'd love to know what it feels like to sing and I love music I want to be able to sing like that person and experience that and just uh, it looks like it's amazing so instead of me just being scared and saying no I just said look I'm going to persist through this and and really so I was just I got singing lessons and I kept on finding different teachers until I found the right one but I practiced like every single day and it doesn't mean I practice 10 hours every day maybe I practice for 10 minutes but I touched on it every single day because I know that if I start this habit up, I'm going to get a reward at the end. Don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm going to be out of sync at some stage. So I persisted through this thing and I sounded horrible. I could not sing at all. And it hurt me to do it and listen to myself singing so badly out of key. And, um, but I, I kept sticking with it. And now look, I, I sing in bands from time to time at the moment. And I did a lot very often at one stage. I learned that I can actually do whatever I put my mind to as long as I stick with it and then you find the right way to do it. So I feel like that's what I do with physical movements as well. Look, Everything is very is the same as I said. Mm. But if I'm doing things that I find challenging, then I'm on the right path. But there is a point to where it's a little too challenging and you do have to try and recognize that with certain people. Like how, how much challenge can they actually take? Mm. And then I recognize it with me. It might be at a high level now because I've just, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I just believe that this is going to happen because I'm doing this. Um, but it's a, oh, it's a really important thing to try and get okay with in life, feeling that tension and realizing that it's going to lead you down the path that you want. Um, so I think that, any advice for other people is to talk about it. 
So, like, you can openly discuss it, like, with your coach. Find a coach if you don't have a coach in whatever area you want to get better at. If it's physical, mental, whatever. Um, talk about it and then try and get on the right path. Try and make sure it's an appropriate challenge and then you just dial it up each time. And you'll get better at living in it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, maybe any final words on, you know, you guys have a thriving community there and I've seen some of the footage of like the charge, like a bull advance, that kind of thing. Yeah. Do you see a, do you see a strength in, in numbers? Like have you, have you brought, you know, you have these four words up on the wall of the gym. Is this something that you bring into the community or that the community is thriving on as well? Do you see um, peer-to-peer support in this? Like, if we're stuck, if we're not moving forward or if, you know, we're not pulling the trigger, do we get people around us? Maybe it is the coach or peers. Is there something in that too? Oh, definitely. Look, the charge community, everyone would say this about the gym, but look, honestly, it's amazing. It's mm. filled with so many great people. It becomes its own beast, yeah. its own machine. Um, you know, we have things like the Charge Like a Bull. That's our in-house competition. We design that as a day that people can train towards. You know, you have a reason for training so hard. Yeah, I'm going to train to do this in-house competition. But then we also make sure that it's um, um, available for everyone to do and participate. Um, there is a winner at the end of the day, but also everyone wins because it's just such a day full of positivity and we really harvest that. We make sure that that happens. And we do that with a lot of different things in our gym throughout the year. Um, sometimes it's competition. Sometimes it's got nothing to do with competing. Mm-hmm. And it's about um, everyone getting to know each other better. Like we have these things called Wadfest um, where we have a, like all these long, tough team workouts and it's followed by like a breakfast that, yeah, we, nice. that we cook for people and we put on for people and then everyone hangs around and yeah, just gets to know each other a bit better and then we strengthen, strengthen the community. So then, yeah, like you mentioned, people can help each other out in these periods. They'll be definitely be talking to each other. There's a bunch of groups within groups um, within this huge amount of people. Um, but it, it, I think it does come down to just being, we lead it like um, myself and Renee and the coaches, we lead the community and lead by example. And then it just, it's an onflow from there. And, um, we treat people with, with respect. We treat people as adults and we expect the same in return with the way that they train, the way they treat other people. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. I think that was really, really good. I'm personally just really um, happy to have heard more of your story because I didn't know all of the ins and outs prior to charge existing as it does today. Yeah. I think it really is important to talk about these things because there's so many people that I speak to who have that idea, they have a passion and they're some of them world-class at it, right? Like not just something on the side, like something really cool. And then we have this conversation around uh, fear and around tension and around pulling the trigger and these other things, which is kind of messy, but a fun place to talk to in as well you know a fun place to kind of spend some time definitely yeah is there anything else you want to add uh, about you know where people find you or charge or anything else that we missed out on that you think was important 
like if you want to find me, look up www.chargecrossfit.com.au. Yeah. And that's my phone number up the top there. Email, phone, you'd be able to contact me quite easily if you Google Charge CrossFit. Yeah, um, for sure. Well, just thanks for having me, John. I really appreciate it, man. No, anytime. We'll, we'll have to do it again soon. Definitely. Cool. All right, brother. Thank you. I'll, uh, I'll finish this up.